<laughs> I might not use all of that. <laughs> no, I say we definitely use all of that. <laughs> still no. going, still going. <laughs> <laughs> it's an it's an out of control machine. Oh, that was brilliant. Don't don't use all of that because we're going to sell that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was marvellous. <laughs> Welcome to podcast number eleven. I think I stated it a few times before. <laughs> yeah, well, the, I might chop that off before though. chaos <laughs> um, ensued. But I like chaos. Let's introduce him. Um, hi, Ted. <laughs> Good morning. E- evening. <laughs> nice to meet it's you. Morning. It's morning somewhere. <laughs> so, so Ted has come with a lot of beer. <laughs> Talk us through the beers you brought. Ooh, that's uh, how long have you got? About an hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, uh, the, the real, so the, pr- the, pr- the prelude to this, the prelude to this was that uh, I had a, a, a discount coupon that had to be used before Sunday. I'm just moving the mic closer to you. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I had to go. It was a one round sort of discount on one round at Brewdog. Oh, that's a good place to have a discount. Yeah, and so um, so you kind of, you have to make the most of it. So um, That's fine. So yeah, we've got every beer in every form. Uh, not, not necessarily for use tonight, but... Uh, you know, for use at some point in so, the so not too distant future. So. They don't pay us, so it's fine. So, well, what you brought? Clockwork tangerine. Yeah, I got the clockwork. I got two growlers, which is is, is meant to be, as I understand it, that uh, a growler is meant to be a way that you can take home a bit of keg beer. Aye, yeah. but uh, it's no, not the growler you're thinking of, Carl. No. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's uh, right. I, I instantly, first call is I've, I've got two growler ba- okay. bases. Oh, growler base, <laughs> yeah. bases. Uh, yeah, yeah, so it's not the growler you were thinking of. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, growl, what, growler is a, um, a receptacle. Well, yeah, and, and in some places, like I've got a, I'm proudly sporting a, um, a Beavertown growler that I got from the Beavertown Brewery. Which is in London somewhere, isn't it? And uh, Tottenham Hale, yeah. Oh, there we go, um, we can hear you now, we're just turning you up. Okay, yeah. (laughs) And I've got a Sierra Nevada growler, which I got from California. Where you've also been, haven't you, to the actual place? Yes, yeah. Uh, And in um, in those places, and in some places, they've got, they've kind of got a a thing that they fill them in, so it takes the CO2, I'm talking about something that I don't know about. That's good, that's That's what we do here. I think it's, um, there's something where they can put the beer in the growler and sort of preserve it from the oxygen or or something. There's a way that they can fill it at pressure. It's sort of, so you can take it home and have what should be kind of keg beer for a couple of days after or something. It's it's really, they're only like three pints. 
So it's really meant to be opened and used in one sitting or something. Yeah, but one of those is 10%. Well, yeah. one of these ones that I brought. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, it's not necessarily something you do on all on your own. You, know? <laughs> you mentioned Sierra Nevada. Mm. It's one of my favourites. Mm. They used to, they did one when I was in oh, bloody Australia. <laughs> um, they had one called Southern Hemisphere. Right, yeah, Which the hops. Is, the, the, oh, yeah, man, yeah. I've never found it since, and I'd love to. If you, well, if when you know they, where to get when some. they, when they, when I was, because I went to school, I went to uni, as you would say, um, in Chico, and so it was. That's where Sierra Nevada is from. So it's just California. Yeah, in okay. northern Northern California, in the uh, sort of almond orchards. Okay. Uh, there's oh, a little, uh, a, a little, well, reasonable sized university out there, and. Um, that's where Sierra Nevada is. And so we used to, when I was there, which was, you know, a reasonable amount of time ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think Sierra Nevada started in like the mid to late 80s. And I started university in 97. And so it was sort of, it was still kind of like the craft, even over there, it was like the the craft beer thing wasn't anywhere near what it was now. Oh, that's mad and, now, isn't it? Um, but they're kind of like the, the, that pale ale is kind of the flagship brew of that whole thing. The green bottle. And there That's used the green to be, one, yeah. I think it was three or four kind of standard brews they had. They had the, the pale ale, the porter, which was like a, a blue one, I think, and, um, and a stout, sort of like, you know, it's like there was like three or four main beers and then maybe three or four other sort of other ones kind of thing but now it's like when I went in there this time there's like 20 uh, different yeah, kinds you yeah. can get in the, um, Did, can you bring it back with you can you well yeah. I brought the um, the jar back it yeah. wasn't full of beer at the yeah. time but I when when I went over there I went I went back last October well a year ago October it must have been October 2017 to do a, which was which was a brilliant thing that I was I was able to do which is to go I went back to my old university as a kind of a guest artist sort That's of cool, thing and uh, Talk yeah, about was, acceptance yeah well I'm, I'm still um, <laughs> very fortunately in in touch with the the amazing musician who's the head of jazz there and and does all the stuff and um and he he invited me and a friend of mine to who we all went to school together kind of thing and well not rock so rocky rocky winslow's the the head of the program there and he actually came in as i was leaving which was really unfortunate for me as a student but i still kind of to this day like even the the one year that i was that we overlapped there was what you know i've learned more about not just jazz but just music that then you know it was a really kind of concentrated period of time and um and there's another friend um who's a little bit just a, a couple of years older than me as a student but was was around at the same time a sax player called mike newman and he's really responsible for kind of getting me i'll say back into jazz because i did sort of um work and play and study some jazz stuff when I was younger like 13 in high school but I kind of went away from Is that because it. they made you or because you were No, no, it. it was actually the opposite. It was like um in my I I I grew up as a teenager as a young teenager in into my sort of high school years in a place called Redding, California, which is about sort of 
three or four hours north, uh, three or four hour drive north of Sac of San Francisco. So if you go to San Francisco Airport, you're you're looking at a three four hour drive up, mm-hmm. up the states. And uh, my parents migrated there when I was a young teenager. I might have been, I might have been twelve. Or yeah, twelve, thirteen, something like that. But um, that was it. Was the whole you know the whole kind of thing why you, why people move out of London to be able to actually like normal people with normal incomes to be able to kind of buy a house and raise a family and a you know so they moved to to the to Northern California and that's where my brother and I really kind of grew up. Grew up. I mean, we did we do have fond memories of being in the Bay Area. And that's still a, vi- a big family connection for us. There's still lots of family around there, and we still have a, a big identity there as, as sort of... Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, when I'm over here in England, I say San Francisco because that's what people know. And, and both my parents were born in San Francisco, and the family origins are very much in San Francisco, but they kind of live in San Jose and different kind of the, the Bay Area, yeah, as yeah. they call it. Bay Area, know? that's it. Um, but we 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 grew up in in the north and um, in Reading, where I was going to high school, as a thirteen year old. That's your first year in high school over there, and there was a they had a, a Dixieland Jazz Festival every year. That was quite a popular thing, and you could go out of school for like basically a week. And I still like what? look back on this as like Cut off to, school to for go, music. Um, yeah, to go do because these guys who came the the festival was like over like a long weekend it was probably like a wednesday or thursday yeah, through yeah, a yeah. sunday or kind of and you could go to these little education camps and kind of get involved and at the time and i was already playing my dad's a drummer so i've been playing drums a long time I at was that just, point and i was just know. about to say we haven't even mentioned the ted's, <laughs> yeah, the ted's just, a drummer but i just wanted to put everyone into context you know what i mean you're talking about jazz but it's essentially drums that you do isn't it for i i guess i assumed when we started the well, conversation no, I know with people, beer, who knew, people, people would have thought oh yeah drummer there's <laughs> <laughs> a nice there's a connection yeah, there yeah so um so sorry i bought it in anyway like very just two st- my dad was a drummer and a family of musicians so i've been, been around and playing music a long long time so um when i was 13 or 14 in high school i could kind of play pretty well i guess and yeah, and, yeah, and that and so it was like you kind of were able to get invited to go to these little camps and stuff and we loved it and and but it was it was this Dixieland jazz and stuff, which has an amazing. It's it's got all the kind of it's it's an it's a it's an amazing thing, and I have very fond memories of no, it. It's but good. I like that. now I like now that being a professional musician, it would probably kind of fill me with dread having <laughs> to do a gig of of that because it is a little bit um, hard work. Well, it's not hard work, but it's it's there's something about it. It's like the spirit of it is the is the whole thing behind it. It's like, I think you guys would kind of call it trad jazz over here. It's a similar thing. It's like an old school thing. And it's like, and I think in some ways, like when you're really, really involved in it, in the right situation, it's a really amazing thing. It's so spirited and happy and pop, you know, positive And just a, it's just a great atmosphere. Um, but I think in some ways, some of the people that play it don't have that sort of, so it's oh, like, if really? you don't have that, it's, yeah. it's sort of, if you yeah. just go to like a function that you're playing that kind of stuff, it's a little bit of a, yeah, of a okay. drain, but actually okay. 
if you you know that could be said for any style of music if you I go suppose, to a, yeah. a, a function and you're just churning out stevie wonder songs there's not really much fun <laughs> about that but you know you you have both sides isn't yeah, it yeah. some yeah. some sometimes you're in those situations where it feels like a slog and sometimes you're like we're playing superstition for the fifty thousand pound and, and it's brilliant because it's a brilliant song and, and you know like because it's the only yeah. song stevie wonder song yeah. everyone bloody knows he's got but, so many um, better ones and all that yeah yeah, yeah but yeah, yeah. Uh, so anyway so i went off from school with some friends of mine who were older sort of you know trumpet players and things and they were like yeah there's this this jazz camp we can go to for a couple of days with spending really? days with, and there was these professional musicians who toured around different cities putting on these festivals and that was like my first real experience of playing jazz and and i loved it because it was you know like everything that that musicians love about playing jazz it's a freedom it's a spirited thing and you can you can solo as a drummer it's like you can solo in every song <laughs> yeah. you know, and when you're a 13 year old drummer that's really yeah, exactly. really what you want to do you know and uh, so that that was like my real start of learning about what what jazz was all about in terms of like playing a tune and then soloing over the the changes as, as it were and you know that that kind of the 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 structure of having a tune, but then the freedom of you know whatever could happen after that. That's and, um, that's huge. Yeah. That's lucky, I think, because uh, I think your standard musician probably doesn't find jazz till later on in their lives when they grow grow up a bit, maybe. Mm. Or was that a bit of a stereotype? It's, 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 I think it's, it's seen like as advanced music. Isn't it? It, yeah, this is it. You know what I mean? Like you don't. I think it can be presented and in, in definitely in the in the wrong way, and some yeah. people are are really afraid of it and and that's fair enough because i think some people even musicians or non-musicians some people are less um sort of just likely to want to get into something creative and random and you know but but at the same time some people like might want to do that but if they've been so sort of you know kind of trained in a certain way that it's like it doesn't suit and then and then the older you get that becomes more you know so like anything you learn at a young age is better isn't yeah. it because you you just take it take it on board and 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 that and so yeah i guess sponge. i was You're i guess i was lucky you know like yeah. uh, but after that i did that for probably every year when i was in high school so 13 14 well where was I? I started high school at 13 and or was it 14 it's probably more like 14 something 14 to 18 that's what high school is and we did it every year and then we actually got because there was a good little group of musicians that we had there and um we actually got invited to go as students as sort of like almost like kind of like student ambassadors or something you know like advanced students to go into another jazz festival down south southern california which was like it's a long deal. way you know like yeah. and uh and do that so we kind of experienced we'd always experienced our hometown festival which was great because you could go like any fa- you go around and see all these different bands and brilliant musicians you know great i saw so many amazing drummers that nobody's ne- ever heard of but they're just really sort of you know just incredibly mm-hmm. sort of spirited awesome players and and singers and sax players and there was such a actually even within that genre there was such a mix of like some of the bands were more like 
New Orleans-y kind of Cajun-y vibe and some of them were more just like really kind of really strict Dixielandy, and some of them were a little bit bluesy and it's like you could with even within that like seemingly small genre you could get a lot of variety I and I, I you know treasure those those musical memories and it, it taught me so much just being able to see all that it's like in, in, in America really like it's it can be hard to see live music as a as a young person because right. you can't go to a bar until you're 21. That's it. You know, and so that's that. the, the kind of go-to. And, and that's not to say that there's no opportunities, but it's, you know, unless your little area or something has a specific, like, either outdoor concert series or something like that, it's like the go-to thing where all the local bands play is in the bar. And, the, yeah. you know, and it's like you're not doing that until you know, till way, way later. So this was a really great opportunity tough, to be yeah. able to experience a lot of just different music and different playing and players and stuff. That's kind of one of the things that I remember when I look back now is I remember, I don't necessarily remember the names, but I remember seeing different piano players and being like really intrigued about how that guy was like, they're both amazing, but this guy was different, different yeah, and that yeah, one guy plays really fast and sharp and another guy has this kind of textural thing and same thing with drummers and sax players and, and trombone players and people who would um it always just really impressed me to see somebody like say playing this incredible like trombone melody line or something and then take it away and then sing a chorus of yeah. something and, and it's you know this kind of versatility of and it was just all about the spirit of the the kind of the tune you know so um so yeah that was an amazing musical kind of thing and i'd already come from a you know a pretty rich musical background my my dad and mom really listened to a lot of stuff we had a lot of different things going on in the house in the car you know it's like we always sort of say now um about the like the there was a period of time when the two tapes oh, here we go. We this is what in the <laughs> this car. This was the last, last podcast, know, yeah. podcast we did. We <laughs> had um um well, I can't remember what she listened to some crazy. Oh stuff. Hannah, um, yeah. some Carmen San Diego is what she. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, Billy and, um, Joel, Billy Joel, Billy Joel. Yeah. That's it, yeah. and that's it. And I, well, I, I had Abba and Status Quo. Yeah. Well, we, <laughs> just about to find out what we, you had. Come we, on, we had uh, well, it, 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 we had. Toto 4. Oh, that's a good album. Yeah. Magic. And The Nightfly, which was... <laughs> well, like, no wonder you turned up being a drummer. Really. Yeah. <laughs> and, so, um, and then later on, when we first got a CD player, it was a sort of similar thing, where it was like the, the first couple CDs we had were like... Uh, which was, I, th I think an American... The, the Beatles for Sale. It was oh, we called. didn't have that here, yeah. It was an American issue. And then also Help we had but then also it's like strangely enough like tying back into this sort of jazz thing was the um my dad had this i don't i don't sort of don't know why he had it or what it might like i still think now it may have may well have come free with the cd player <laughs> <laughs> but it was um a grp thing you know with that, with that is a grusen rosin productions you know, dave grusen Okay. Uh, and it's like a, a GRP big, but it's like a huge like label kind of thing in the States. And it's like that kind of like eighties jazz fusion, but they did a lot of pop. It is like a big thing, but it was like a GRP thing, um, of the Glenn Miller orchestra, oh, yeah, right. but it was like, and I'm still, I'm still trying to wrap my head around this because it was like, I reckon it was like 
and if I looked back at this, I I reckon it was like the GRP big band, which was like people like Dave Weckl and and yeah, you know brilliant, brilliant playing song. like verbatim, like note for note, solo for solo, the old Glenn Miller stuff. Wow! So it was like this digital, like, it's like a amazingly, remaster. <laughs> like it was four. That's why it's sort of why I think it may have like it was like four CD, like digital music. Like they did this amazing recording that's where amazing. everything is. Flipping because all that old Glenn Miller stuff sounds oh, like yeah, it's recorded it. my, over my, a telephone. My right? granddad, <laughs> <Yeah>. my granddad <laughs> loved. Glenn so, Miller. so they've done this thing where it's like all that in the mood and Tuxedo right. Junction and all that, but just recorded like instead of remastered, they just remade yeah, it. They remade it, and <laughs> and every like I said, every solo was pretty much, wow. and that was like. And then when you had the CD player, you could like turn it right up, and it was just crystal clear. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, that was n- it's not something my dad would buy, I don't think. <laughs> but yeah, so we had those few Beatles CDs, and so those were another another ones that just got wrapped around and around and around, and like I reckon me and my brother know every single mm. word to every single, and it's like every little drum hit yeah. down to the little, you know, <laughs> sort of, uh, Ingrained. so, uh, yeah, that was, that so was what was the, on Beatles for sale? Which era was that then? Eight like. days a week. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, uh, that was, you know, um, I'll follow the sun. Oh, that yeah. was one, you know, is that kind of era, like early, early pre, stuff. is it like kind of pre, a, a revolver oh definitely pre-revolver yeah because that's but, when it got weird but kind revolver. of like not I mean it was starting to get pre-Robert Soul I reckon like, yeah, but, but just probably yeah. you know it's like kind of I, I think you know thinking about it because those songs were getting a little more sophisticated but they were still pretty kind of teeny yeah. bopper pop top <laughs> pop songs I think what you do know? you um, what do you guys say I'm just going to randomly change the subject slightly <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like I've got a friend who says um you're a Beatles or Stones? What do you say to that? One hundred percent Beatles. You're, I know you are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, like my dad. My dad's one hundred percent Beatles. And then I got yeah. I know another guy who doesn't like the Beatles and loves the Stones. Yeah. I don't. I, I, think I, don't, I don't know um, if it's a thing that needs to be debated at all. But I'm just. Cr- mm-hmm. I'm just. Cr- mm-hmm. I, 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 I mean, the older I, that I get, in the the um, especially as a musician, I think uh, the less I want to deal with any kind of competition. No, it's a cop out. That's called a cop out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, but that being said, it's like there's. I love. There's a lot of, of Rolling Stones songs yeah. that I really, really love. Yeah. And I mean, I guess if I had to choose a side, I would probably just about choose the Beatles. But like, <laughs> like why would, why would well, I, I know, ever... Why, yeah, you know, why? Is yeah. this like, it's, you know, it's a needless question. Is I, this I a desert island disc? Yeah. <laughs> you know, You're going to die in seven and a half minutes. <laughs> choose yeah. a... No. But, um, but, uh, I don't know. I mean, the Stones are... But the Beatles... Was it a th- it's probably the Stones write their first tunes and yeah. stuff, right? You yeah, know, so. yeah. <laughs> we we weren't we weren't of an age back when it was happening, and maybe something was going on where they were both. I don't know if it was like a bloody Oasis and Blur rivalry. That's probably more our era, but I think a lot of that I, comes more from a, a publicity yeah, point of view. The it's media, like they're all yeah, mates, right? yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. The media stinks that up, doesn't they? That's like yeah. Tupac and Biggie, right? It's the yeah, same yeah. thing. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Is it Brittany and um, Christina? Well, there you go. You know, it's like you have to have that. It's it's a it's an industry uh, must, I think. Pepsi, so, uh, Coca Cola. That's the big one. Like <laughs> Pepsi and Shirley. <laughs> Pepsi. And Shirley. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. No. I but mean, that's an amazing. That's an amazing hmm. introduction to music for at such a young age. 
I, I mean, I think I was lucky looking back on it. And I actually, like, now when I'm sort of doing my thing, as it were, I kind of, like, the the different... And I have to, I have to say, like, over the years, I've learned so much from my students just, you know, across the board. But, like, when I when I sort of get involved with different students and stuff, I, it's sort of sometimes kind of like I realise how lucky I was to kind of have the, the different amount of music that I listened to over the years, you know, and like a lot of that started off with my with my dad. And then it's, it's really like such like even like it's like an environmental kind of thing. And it's like even when I look back, on the stuff that I liked from like from my first from my parents and 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 that and then as I started to drift off on my own like I, th- I reckon my first favorite well this was like influence from my my slightly older cousins was they started like giving me Bon Jovi tapes <laughs> right you know and that was like and I still think like <laughs> New I, Jersey. I, I I mean I, for me one of the the greatest tunes of all time is that is runaway oh yeah which is the first is it the first, the first track off the first that's the first single yeah, that, yeah. And, and, and man what a pop what an 80s pop tune yeah. i mean it was like <laughs> and um but and then i kind of got into kind of guns and roses from there like through a friend uh, you know across the street or I something it. and it's just that. like and then it's like and and then i kind of like you know i just you know sort of drifted it and then later on got into like some some of the hip-hop and all that stuff and it's just like and every time i listen back even now to the stuff that i was really into at one point it's like man it all it all grooves that was like obviously from an early thing that was like something that spoke to me was just the groove like the 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 hip-hop that i used to listen to I still do listen to sometimes uh, and is um it's just you know dre those early dre beats and um it just grooves its ass off you know and it's just like was, that's what was, i love that's what draws me to it you know it was definitely it, harder to find not harder but it was different finding music back then no i'm not going to do this yeah. whole thing no nowadays yeah. nowadays it's easy and it's you well know, it's and it's overwhelming back then it was what someone gave you was like oh thanks mate you know yeah. and you actually genuinely had a that's listen and it, had, was, yeah, and it was or if you bought something yeah that's it you spent your and that's what you had for yeah. you know and, and it's like it's overwhelming now it's like even when i like open spotify and i'm like i'd like to like check out something different yeah. it's like what do i do yeah exactly <laughs> yeah, yeah i can check what out anything you, you know it's like <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, you're right you're right, right overwhelming even even before this this spotify thing somebody you know it's like um somebody gave me and this this isn't an exaggeration <laughs> somebody gave me an entire hard drive full and this was like maybe 10 years ago so it was like it was probably like a i don't know a, a, a 20 gigabyte hard yeah. drive let's say <laughs> you know, like full of that's a lot of music mccoy tyner just mccoy oh wow okay. oh wow just you know, yeah and I, and i was just like i just remember thinking like i remember being so excited to get it from him and then when I was like, I opened it all up, I was just like, I just don't know what to... And I ended up listening to The Real McCoy, which I listened to a billion times before, you know? And, it's like, and I loved it, you know? But it was just like, I, you just can't get started, you know? Like, where, where, how can you? And that's in, even today. It's like when people recommend things to listen to. And, and you see people doing it on, on social media, don't you? Where he's like... 
I need something to listen to. Give me some suggestions. Yeah. And that, you know, and, the, and then the, and then even then, it's like they flood in like a, a stream of... <laughs> this, is why, um, <laughs> this is why curated playlists do so well, isn't it? Yeah. That's why they're yeah. so important, because it's like, otherwise yeah. you just have a chance. Yeah. Well, and that's the new thing to like, if you're putting music out to get your, your to be on a playlist, shit on yeah. something Yeah, like you that, pay yeah. to be on playlists. Well, no, yeah. you pay to be reviewed and then given the chance to be on a playlist. Yeah, yeah, and it's um but that's great because that's if that's how people are going to get to you you know that's yeah. the new that's the new A&R I guess or, yeah. or whatever you know. Is there still a um is there still room for working hard and gigging your ass off? You well there's not? always room for that I think because I think that's actually like I th- uh, per- perhaps like it's always been a bit of an industry Standard. standard it's like yeah. uh, even well you know i've i've I'm involved in a in a, some original stuff and and really you see whether i'm a sideman on somebody else's original project or whether it's our our baker brothers thing that we do it's um you know the most cds we've sold have been on gigs and yeah. Yeah. really probably as you boil it down the the most money we've made is on gigs and and certainly the most fun that we've had is, yeah, is yeah, you know exactly. that that's really always hopefully knock on wood always going to be the the way because that's a that's a, a great thing but um it's still becoming harder isn't it to yeah. get gigs and oh yeah to, especially to, venues closing you know, or that that and and just everybody wants a uh you know to be starting out is just and you can feel that at any time in your career you could have a you could have a, a reasonably established thing and then start a new band and then you've got to start out again and you've got to promote your band by saying, well, this is my th- new thing, but I've, my, yeah. I've done this. I've yeah. played with this guy. And, I've, and <laughs> yeah, so yeah, the yeah. reason you should like this is not for its actual content, but because I've played yeah, exactly, with this yeah. person or the bass yeah, yeah. players played with this person. And, yeah. you know, and, and But that's, you know, that's that's how we do it's it. So now, it's it? tricky. I, I remember chatting to a guy in Melbourne now, the guy who used to sing in uh, Barefoot Sundays, and he did a, uh, he was doing a degree in Melbourne, and he had um, some pretty big players in Melbourne like the guys from the Cat Empire they're a great great band over there they did a talk and they talk about quarters everything all these stars were talking about quarters you've got to release something quarterly they were saying you've got right. to keep in the public eye yeah. whether it's a single um, whatever it is a new YouTube video you've got to have these big quarterly hits to just keep people yeah. remembering you keep people keep you know reminding people that you exist and I was like, wow, that's a lot of work. But it's fun. That's always it fun. Is, but... It is fun, but it is a lot of work, like but, you're yeah, saying. Yeah, when it, when just... you come down to the behind the scenes of just like getting a YouTube video, and it's like, man, it takes a lot yeah. of lot of work. And then when you start scrutinizing over something in the way that it looks, the way that it sounds, it's like that could be a full-time job in, in itself. itself exactly. You know? and exactly. It, and, but there is a lot, of, you know, in, this, in today's world, I think, where everything's so flashing by you do have to like you can be forgotten about and uh, so it's, it's, it's a tough yeah, it's, old thing it's, <laughs> it's saturated isn't it it's so much <laughs> some of the bands I love it Aiden, you know you said people send you music and mm. stuff like that Aiden's brilliant for sending me songs that he thinks I'm going to like yeah and then I go off on a wormhole and right. listen yeah. to it <laughs> and then it, you know like Baron recently turned yeah. me to Baroness yeah and Baron, brilliant and then yeah. I'm listening to all these other bands which sound like them which I've never heard of before and I'm like are these modern bands or are they from the 70s <laughs> yeah, well, I can't tell you know it's, it's, it's amazing but it's, it's, a, it's a lovely thing but yes yeah, so I think 
kudos to Aiden. He's actually found me some of my favourite. Yeah. Band says, nice when someone knows what you like to listen to. Thank you, brother. That's right. Because I like them too. Sorry. <laughs> but um, it's amazing. So, dr- drums. Why? Why? <laughs> I just I ask this to every person who comes. <laughs> Only drummers. Why? No, no, no. no, no, no just why, why did you choose? No, what, what, how did it happen? You know, what well, was, was, you was know, it just I, access or did you just, you just had an inclination? or? I mean, my like I was, I've said already, my dad was a drummer, and when I was, I was actually, um, so we're getting like kind of going forward and backwards here. <laughs> yeah. I was actually born in Boise, Idaho. Idaho, which is where's that? In I'm getting to America. I know that. But. Yeah. <laughs> so you've got California, and then above it is like Oregon and Washington. Yeah. And then next to that. Going east is inland. Idaho. Oh, so it's at the top. Near Canada. It's at the well. The, Idaho's kind of a weird one where it's like sort of shaped like a weird L. So like the the bit There's that some... borders Canada is this thin little okay thing, and then it comes down and becomes like a, right. a bigger sort of. What's, the, know, what's the big city of Idaho? Boise. Boise. Oh, that yeah, is. That's the, oh, right. Yeah, and um, and so my. As I understand it, and I think sometimes my, um, well, you know, over the years, it's, you know, you get little bits of information, and if my mom and dad listen to this, they'll be cracking up about this, you know, it's like, you know, it's sort of, it's hard to kind of uh, work out what was happening before, you know, the, the late 70s, but my dad was always a, like a, a musician, and but not really like a like what I do is a and like what we probably all do is kind of a, like a freelance thing. You do a lot of different gigs, different projects. You've got some of your band stuff that you do that's a, like a slightly more exclusive in terms of members. But then you do functions with this person and things with that person, and you do a pub gig over here. And it's like kind of in in some ways like whatever comes in, whatever yeah. work comes in, wherever the money is, you go for it, go and that's yeah. it. And so you've got. Um, you know, pool of different musicians that you play with. Sometimes you end up on gigs with people you don't even know. That doesn't happen to me that often, but it has happened <laughs> before. And and but my dad never never was like that. As I as I understand it, he was always just like in a band. He would like and <clears throat> so he had a um, a sort of pretty successful group that they had in San Jose in the sort of 60s and, and that and they recorded on Capitol Records RCA and did some oh, stuff wow. and sort of just about there's there's quite a bit of stuff on the on the Spotify now and it's that kind of old school they were all really influenced by the Beatles and, and that kind of yeah, stuff but cool, uh, some cool. you know kind of that kind of 60s rock kind of thing and and anyway, that was they had some good stuff, some great stuff, and just a, you know kind of did had some success with that. And then when that all fizzled out, um, he like moved. They my parents like moved. He got like a gig with some band in somewhere like Ohio or something, and they moved out there. And he played five nights a week with a band in Ohio oh, wow. for like a year or two. And then they and then off that he like they moved to like. Tennessee for a little while and then they moved over to and it was like and but this was all like him joining a band that had a gig and it it kind of seems like they kind of did this thing where they played five nights a week and they did kind of covers 
you know, almost like what we would probably call like a kind of function thing. But then yeah, they, yeah. they had originals too. They slipped them in every, every <laughs> once in a while. They were trying to kind of, you know, and then so that he would go on these little stints. And I think that Idaho might have been sort of part of that. There was a little bit of a family connection too, but he was like, they were kind of traveling around and they, you know, anyway, they converged somehow in, uh, in Idaho. Oh, and Idaho. when I was, when my brother and I were, born or sort of when we were little they my parents owned a nightclub there and my dad was in the band the band was called gentle ben the nightclub was called gentle ben and they were like a kind of a country rock thing they played there five or six nights a week and they were like a shit hot smoking group like there's some tapes kicking i used to like i spent a big part of my drrumming childhood like playing Play along oh, to these cool. tapes cool. playing you know, like, dad yeah, stuff well, that, that was is, you know, that and, is um, cool that is cool and um and it was a really you know a couple of years of see you know really successful sort of vibrant thing and my mom was like managed the club and they all owned a stake in it and like the band you know played all the time and it was a massive place it was like you know 600 people or something could could be in there so it's like and i i was there but i don't really have a a, a recollection like i can't now picture yeah. what it was like inside the club or anything but we went there every day and and because when they when it was shut and the band would practice during the day yeah, for a course, couple of yeah, hours and my yeah. mom would come and do the books and settle up and me and we would go we were like preschool you know we weren't in school or anything and we would kind of go there and just hang out and and do shit yeah. and the, the the club was shut and then it was like they'd take us home and you know put us to bed babysitter and then they would go out and work and come home at three in the morning shut at two come home at three in the morning and then you know we'd probably wake up at seven or something <laughs> you know and uh, so um that was kind of probably the start of it because we would go to this club most days or or some days or and it was like all the the gear was set up there there's dad's drums everything and so it was like you love to go up there and mess around with yeah, everything and, and do that and uh, one of the one of the things that i do remember which is this um this mic stand that my dad still has which is this Im really impressive and i wish that i had it now because it's you know for my little studio thing that i've got going it would just be so perfect but it was just like a lead based like you know these like these mic stands you get now which are like these yeah, these black yes, ones they're like they're they're they barely hold up a <laughs> you know anything you know it's like but this thing was like because he had the as a drummer you have to have like the mic stand kind of extended up and then coming back right. down oh, so yeah, that you can it. still you know and so he had this amazing like the pole was probably about an inch thick and this lead base and it was heavier it was like as heavy as the trap case it's like, it, was like, like, it would hold you know, superman so down it was like, but it was a really like it was like a triangular like thing with a really characteristic kind of like I just remember it all and it was always cigarette ashes on there <laughs> like because you could smoke and, then, and he would just smoke and play and and the you know that was that's the one little like picture that I can remember from the club is like being up there that's and cool. playing the drums and like and then yeah he so I would do that and then he got he had an old drum kit and he took it out of the closet and sawed all the 
he hacksawed all the the stands down. And we're right. talking like I still have this kit, and this is like a vintage like. Well, we say now like vintage wasn't really a word then. Nah. I don't think you know like well, it, it was a word of course, but not in terms <laughs> of like, not in terms of like relating to a, a drum set or a guitar or something. But it was like this, you know, that was like this sixties Ludwig. Drum kit, amazing. He just drum took a kit. sword to fucking it. hack the shit out of it. Like, <laughs> luckily, like the drums themselves, like didn't do, but all of the legs and yeah. all the stands, and he he sold them down so I could sit on them and, and play them <laughs> cool. as a, like a, a three year old, and and I just like and set them up in the garage, and I used to just go out there for hours a day and just mash the piss out of them. <laughs> <laughs> You still got it, did you say? Yeah, that's my that's like my my drum set that I still use, and it's it's, but it's really short. No, no, it's been it's been unmodified <laughs> recently. Yeah, over the years, I've had to like replace the tom legs and I've had to get like an actual normal snare stand. And, uh, you know, so it was. Um, he didn't actually do any. Thank, thankfully, he didn't actually do anything to the actual drums. Like I, I, I did deface them a little bit when I was a young teenager because ah. I, you know, I was like had these ideas, but they're still reasonably intact and now actually worth worth a fair amount of money and, and an amazing instrument they are and so they they stay down in my little uh in my little studio and um and i take them out when i if i have a session somewhere or something that's that's cool something, you know it's, yeah. uh, i don't take them out on gigs no really, it's you know. something a bit special <laughs> Well, there was a few... When I first moved here, I took them out everywhere all the time. And that my dad was always just like, well, they're just drums. You know, you just took, they sat in our garage for 20 years. Yeah, you know, it's like nobody took care of them. Yeah. But I, I, I used to take them everywhere. And then I did start to think, like, oh, this isn't probably sensible <laughs> as much. And so I invested in a cheap kit, like a workhorse kit. And, as a, and this was like two years went by where I wasn't taking it out. And... Um, um, I had a little, I had a session or something, so I had them in the car and out and about, and then I had a wedding the next night, and I thought, well, as they're already here, take them out, you know, and I was like, and it was that wedding where it was like, we were playing, it was like, there was no stage, it was just in like a little, and some just drunk. Uh-oh. Fucking oh, cocksucker! Don't, basically, don't. Like, like we've all got like, these stories. Fell over, <laughs> took out an entire speaker stand, and like no, I, no. I didn't get the worst of it, but it's like it kind of sideswiped the drums and took out like the guitarist like whole rig kind of oh, thing and it was just no. like and this this guy just was like dancing around and just lost his balance and grabbed this thing and it was just like and it was just one of those things where i really lucked out but it was one of those things yeah. where it's like this was the right decision not to be oh, yeah man you know because if you got a little sort of you know 500 quid drum kit that gets smashed by some drunk prick then it doesn't really yeah. matter you know you no, but, but, a, like but that, a family heirloom well that's, you know I mean? that's, that's exactly you know, that's, that's exactly what oh, it is and, and i actually, remember first decent pedal board i bought um first night out this is years and years, and years and years ago yeah no probably even before that oh, nice. was, but um and i took it out and i was like yeah and i was just starting out and i was like yeah and i've spent like whatever 800 quid on this bloody thing and <clears> put it down and it's lovely and it's got all the sounds in it and the first <clears> song <throat> some drunk guy pours a uh, pint yeah. on it yeah. Yeah. and I was just like brilliant <laughs> well it's just those brilliant. gig stories are like one one time I've, I've 
I've got a great guitarist friend who's um his name is Jeff Lai. He's an old Southamptoner and he plays guitar in the Baker Brothers and stuff and um we've done tons of stuff together over the years, functions and all kinds of like really grim gigs and really <laughs> cool gigs. Love and, it. and one time we was just like at a at a function and he we get to this function and he's got his mic stand. He's a great singer and guitarist and he's got his mic stand set up to like to the side and down like that whereas like normally it would have just been like straight straight up you know and he's like kind of got it off to the left and really utilizing the boom you know (laughs) it's kind of like you know not not fully extended but you know it's like what what why why have you done that you know it looks a bit weird you know and i was like he's like have you seen that youtube video I was like, what? What, are you, "What are you talking about?" He's like, "Have you seen the YouTube video?" I've seen like, it. I've seen it. I know it is. Like, yeah. So there's like a YouTube video where like a guy is singing and some big oh, fat man. dancing That's... lady bumps into the microphone and Just... it jams it right into the singer's throat. Yeah, yeah it's literally in his throat. It's yeah, almost yeah, like yeah, his lungs. Like, and you can hear him like going like, "Oh." <laughs> so he's like, "No, no, I'm never doing that." So like, you know, it's like, and it made a lot of sense because if somebody bumps a mic stand like that, it's not going to do that. But it was just that direction. Oh, like, I've seen it on stage. Yeah. Seen, seen some on stage uh, on some guy um, was doing. They were doing regurgitator covers, and the mosh, the mosh pit got a bit wild. And exactly that happened. Bumped the microphone. Didn't go in his mouth, but it, oh, the noise it made clacking into his teeth. It was over all the guitars yeah. and everything. Smack like sucker punch straight in the gob. Well, we'd had some, you know, when I was at at school and stuff you know it's like you used to get like we used to I went to well you know again going back into pl- being in Chico which is where Sierra Nevada it was a huge party school there so we I had this little band and we used to play these big parties and stuff and it was like that same thing and the guitarist had a, some nice guitars and he used to just get it into the into his fretboard somebody would kind yeah. of like, you <laughs> know, like and man that's that that is gutting you know it's just that sort of like oh nice fresh ding just from uh, the, you know like uh but man that's you know you got off lightly i'd say <laughs> <laughs> that that video is disturbing My, yeah. you never look at life as I'm the same again <laughs> <laughs> microphone down the throat it, it's really got lodged in there oh, it? man. It's, it's um it's pretty disturbing you know? oh man that is not good so, i got it Oh, sorry. So you, no, you go first. I was just going to ask because <coughs> you mentioned the Bay Area earlier mm. on, and um, I hear like I don't know what, <coughs> how old you were and what time you were mm. growing up there. But, like obviously, like being a bass player and being a bass player, Primus, from, oh, yeah. from the Bay Area. Yeah. But there's another band, and I've always I've loved this band, and no one's ever heard of them. But they were called the Blue Chunks. No, have you heard of them? Oh, no, I don't know damn. the Blue Chunks, but that they one. were <laughs> apparently everyone says they were the band that the. They were the band that should have got famous rather than the Chili Peppers. They were that sort of style. Right, yeah, you know what I mean, yeah, they're amazing well, musos. But I, you know, much as I love the Chili's, don't get me wrong. But yeah, and I'm, I just I think I've saturated collecting all everything that I can find about them. Yeah, but I'd well, love to know where those musos oh, yeah, are now and what they're doing because they were just an amazing band from that area. Right. Yeah, I have to say, been, like, I don't I don't really know because we kind of moved out of there and much much to kind of everyone's contention is like this the grass is always greener sort of thing when you move away from a big city mm. it's hard not to think you know me and my brother being little kids it's kind of like what what the hell are we doing yeah. out here kind of thing and <laughs> i think my parents were thinking the same thing as oh, like yeah. kind of you know like well you know because they're they're you know they like to to be 
lively and have fun and do oh, yeah. stuff. And my dad was still a musician and like and all that. And it's just like shit. We just what have we moved out? To the what have we done to ourselves? Yeah. Like, but yeah, we definitely kind of moved out a little too early to kind of be too influenced by any of that. Because nice. even now, it's like as a, you know, sort of a you know, hear that people like Joshua Redwood and that are from the Bay Area, you know, wouldn't have known anything about that, you know, mm. back then, but... It's mad, isn't it? Yes, but it's... So, to give, give us a timeline of where you lived then, because I'm getting confused here. I think I we moved... The reason we moved back to California from Idaho was so that we could start school. I think my mom was not keen for us to start school in that kind of like musician nightclub lifestyle <laughs> sort of thing. Yeah. And, um, and so we moved back in the, in the States. You start kindergarten, which is like it's sort of like the equivalent of reception when you're five rather than over here you start reception when you're four so it's like you essentially have like a a year later yeah everything's a year out so it was just before i started kindergarten that we moved back and my dad kind of switched jobs to he's he's been a tile setter for um many many years well like really ever since i can really remember so um he kind of um uh, and actually, I like thinking back, I think part of the reason that they ended up in Idaho was because his father, my grandfather, was living there. And he was always a tile, tile setter by trade. And I think part of the reason of going there was so my, my dad could kind of learn off him and do that. But then he, I think once they moved there, he instantly hooked up with his band. And it was, <laughs> got, you know, like, but he must have like actually learned from him how to do because when we moved back to california he got a job with a you know really good uh commercial tiling company and and basically sort of seemingly kind of overnight went from being a musician to being a construction worker kind of and um and and did that for for years and years and worked for a really you know i think it was quite good company and they did a lot of you know, they tiled restaurants before. They were like they did commercial stuff. They didn't go to houses. They no. tiled restaurants and malls, and you know, so he'd be no, there uh, and like just laying, you know, miles of tiling flooring in a mall or something, and yeah, and, awesome. and did that for for years. And that was, and then that's when we, when I started school. My brother's a couple of years younger than me, and um, and that's where that's what so. We moved back to California just before I was five or just after I was five, just before I was supposed to start school in September. So I guess I would have turned five in February and sometime in that sort of six, eight months, we moved back and um, and then lived. When, when is that now? 19, what, 80 something? So I was born 19? in 84, it would have been. Uh, I was born in 79, kind of yeah. 84. Um sort of thing and then we lived there from I I guess we must have moved to Northern California in like maybe 92 and that was Reading yeah what, so is it called listen I'm sorry to yeah. say something no, no. Reading you call it Reading when you yeah. lived over there you call it Reading yeah yeah. but it's with two D's ah, okay. R-E-D-D as a okay. no 
Because I go, we all we've all no gone. Reading, yes. yeah. We've all gone to red. We've all gone to Reading Festival. To, uh, you carry on. Yeah. You carry on. We've been to. He's not. He's still here. What's he carrying? I don't know. He's. he's oh, he's getting the beer out. That's what he's doing. <laughs> he's going. I thought he was going in your, was like, your cupboards. Clockwork. <laughs> it's, up, it's up to you. It's up I mean, to you. You're, you're driving it. I'm driving. I got. I've got. I've got the nanny state, so I'm. I'm happy. Well, I'm, happy. Live it, well, I'm going. Beer, I'm going beerless and fearless tonight. Can I try a little bit? I've, I've, I haven't tried the what? Pa- pa- what's it called? The Port Patriot. Yeah, go and go for that one. Yeah, yeah. I think, but not a lot because it sounds like it's lethal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna live vicariously through you guys tonight. Have, have you got a uh, like a half pint glass anywhere? Yeah, hold on. Talk, talk to, talk to. I'm just gonna say, <laughs> okay. I'm just gonna chat. I'm gonna keep this thing running here. With these, okay, with these, I'm back. I'm these back. booze hounds. I'm back. <laughs> no, I was just gonna say, like we we go to Reading Festival over here, and, yeah. the, and the American bands come over, and they Reading. go Reading Festival. <laughs> it always cracks me up. But. But then it's obviously spelled differently. Just, well, but, but actually, to be fair for that, and, and and over the years, I've had to become a little bit pedantic about this because being American and the difference in the, you know, but actually read and read is the same spelling, right? So it's, it's actually completely justified that it's yeah. said. Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I'm not, know, I'm not like, having a go. I'm just sort of saying it just, um, just cracks me up. But it is weird. Yeah, so my reading was different spelling. Was R-E-double-D-I-N-G. Thanks for the... Uh, and, um, do you want to... Nanny State, please. Yeah. Thank you very much. Um, you have in that glass? Uh, yeah, in, in a glass. Thank you. And... Um, but no, this is... um. Yeah, so we... we and um, but um, no, it's it's cool. It's amazing. I'm just um, I'm flummoxed. It's like I mean, my introduction to music was um, ninety five pound strat Check copy. Out uh, just this little little sidebar. Shout yeah, no, no. out to Brewdog. That Look is how full. That is that is, <laughs> that is dangerously full. <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm just gonna pour this into my glass over the counter. Over the <laughs> No, and you know, what did you, when did you start? What, drinking beer? No, oh yeah, this is a <laughs> beer podcast. Start <laughs> what? This is, I'm it's just pink. watching you guys. No, it's like, it's kind of pink. I don't remember that being like that. It poured like tar. Hold on, so what um, we drink? It looks like grapefruit juice. That's what this it looks like. Is, um, it's called Port Patriot. Oh. It's dangerous. What's in it? What what is it? It's like a, a, a hazy double IPA kind of. A hazy double in case because he's away from the mic. A hazy double IPA. Yeah. Go on, give us give us the sound like. What's it's it sound like? Dangerously tasty. Mmm. <laughs> is it like an Elvis juice? Oh, that's juice? really good. It's like. Um, so it says pulp. Does that mean it's like from? I think the thing? well, it, this is the. Um, the new kind of wave of these some of these beers is this hazy thing, yeah. And the haze, the pulp of the fruit uh, is what makes it hazy or, or maybe or something like that. So it's like you have these. We like, talk when we're talking haze, we're talking cloud, cloudier. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. yeah the classic old think, yeah, like a, a cider tanked on beer. I wouldn't <laughs> ever claim to be an expert, but I think the slightly like like something like Punk IPA or Brewdog. Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. <laughs> is more of a a traditional ale IPA excuse me kind of thing and now these are these are like more like east coast IPAs which are like hazy and a bit of a step up pulpy a... so I think the pulp 
is because you can't look at that looks like a smoothie yeah, kind of it doesn't that is, yeah. yeah that looks like pink grapefruit juice from here. it does I don't, know, I don't know if it's Aiden's fancy lighting but if, uh, if you put this in a, in a martini glass <laughs> <laughs> that would be pretty pretty funny actually um, it's um like but um, Sierra Nevada over in the States you've got like, there's millions of the boutique yeah. sort of places we've got there's one in Australia called um, uh, Little Creatures and they do um, and it's such a huge market and it's you've got people who are lager drinkers through and through yeah. lager lager yeah, yeah, yeah. and so, but so what they've done is they've created this sort of half sort of mid to sort of mid to strong sort of strength what like do you six, call that six or seven no like I'm talking like a, like a mid strength over there is like a 3.5% oh okay that's, that's a right. mid strength so mm. then you go and then your standard is what 5.5 right. sort of stuff. So they, so they do like a 5 or a 4 point whatever and, and it's called a furphy and it's brewed in Geelong in Melbourne and it was like they're trying to introduce these lager drinkers to this sort of right, darker yeah, to the yeah. darker side and it's um but it was actually quite a nice drop by itself. Yeah. So. Well, obviously, the, you know, they've these craft beer. We we've had some conversations about oh, a lot. lager. Yeah, a lot in the past. Because I'm I'm not I'm not a lager drinker at, at all, really. And and that's one one of the things that I hate about going on tour in Europe is all the fucking lager you have to drink. <laughs> it's like, you know, um, and um, yeah, it's. Um, but they they've been these craft beer places have been putting out this lager stuff yeah that doesn't taste like lager <laughs> it's like it tastes like well brew dog have got the lost lager well yeah and actually that's sort of you you were winding me up about having a few of those in my fridge yeah he's having a photo have you tried it have you tried it though I have yeah, yeah. My, my reply was like well sometimes people come over yeah you know, and like, but actually I do find yeah. but like it's it's a decent beer like it's, yeah, it's a, it it's doesn't a, taste like lager to me it doesn't taste like Heineken or what about or Kingpin then the, the Kingpin I was less less keen on mm. really but um, that's, that's quite lagery and that's more yeah, lager yeah uh, but um, and that I think the problem with the Kingpin was that it was just like tasted like lager but it was five quid a pint <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah no. That, I mean back in the day this, this hazy thing is kind of a new thing because they never had this Sierra Nevada never made a hazy beer that I can remember back in back in the day, and this is like a new like East Coast. There's all these great breweries in like Vermont and and yeah, and you know those those that are making this kind of stuff. I remember so, being in um, Philadelphia with with Tupé and we did this gig. I think it was called the Engine Room or Firehouse or something like this. This venue and they had. I was a little bit tipsy, I'll be honest, and they had this <laughs> pump. Um, it's probably the firehouse, I would imagine. Years, years and years and years. Yeah, yeah. something like that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It was, and it was uh, it was Magic Hat number nine, which is quite a common brew now. But this I've never seen it before. This is done, yeah. well, what, 15, 17 years ago, maybe even. But oh man, yeah, I had a few of those, and it was great. And it was yeah. different, and it was not a lager. And it was, you know, what I mean, it was a pale ale. Not, yeah. And then they called it not quite pale ale. I remember that. Right. Yeah. Delicious. Delicious. I remember that, like around here, like because when I. So I I I was actually kind of a little bit burnt out, but like by the time I, like in Chico, you used to be able to there was there was I mean they had like I said it was a party town and the the drink specials and all the bars were just ridiculous and there was this one bar that we used to play in all the time and used to be they had this progressive pitcher night right so a pitcher of beer is four. 
pints, but the pints in the U.S. are a little bit smaller. I think these are 16 ounce and our pints are 12 ounce or something like that. But so you have four 12 ounce pints of pale ale for two dollars. Oh my like, god! So lovely. it was like two dollars from eight to late thirty, and then at eight thirty it went up to two fifty. <laughs> then at nine, it, like if you were to go to a place in in San Francisco, it probably cost you ten bucks to yeah. get that or something. You know, like that's so, um, that's and, me sleeping in someone's garden. Well, I mean, that's, you know, it's, it's just uh, it's you know, you just I think I came away from it, and when I came to to England, and I like I do appreciate the English ales like I've just had a proper job was it and it was like that's a nice you know I wouldn't ever normally like choose that for myself but it's a nice sort of like thing but I it wasn't really something that I could get having grown up on Sierra Nevada Mm. I couldn't really kind of do that and so when I came here I started drinking Guinness because like um in the states when did you come in 2005 2005 okay in the states like kind of Guinness is like a top shelf tap beer you know well, you're paying more than i was going to mention than your normal you know but over here it's kind of around the same and so it's like and i was kind of a little burnt out on the ale but they well they didn't have sierra nevada or all that over here nah. and, and and i wasn't i wasn't really going to get on board with the cascales and stuff so it's like and then i'll never forget it was like in a pub in eastley there's a place called the cricketers just do you know where do you know that it's just like kind of near to like uh, um, the Concord Club and mm-hmm. Barton Peverell in there and all that sort of there's a pub called the, they've had punk IPA on tap there for years yeah. and it was like and like I went in there like after a, a gig or something and and I was like oh I'll try that and it was like I was I was just like loving it and at the time I'd, I hadn't twigged that it was like actually quite similar to yeah, yeah, Sierra, yeah, but it was like that was like the start of the revival of the, and this would have been like years ago, and I didn't even really know, but I was just like, ah, I really like this beer, it's great, <laughs> and, it was like, and I didn't go there hardly ever because it's like really not, not near anything that I would be at, but um, yeah, and that was uh, that was kind of, the, and now it's now it's kind of a, everywhere. And, it is, you know, it's yeah. in bloody Weatherspoon. Yeah, well, and everywhere, actually, yeah. Weatherspoon is one of the greatest places to get it because it's, well, yeah. it's affordable. Exactly. There. exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, that's it. I remember my dad coming over to Australia, um, where my brother lived in Perthside, and he bought. We went to a Little Creatures Brewery, which is a boutique brewery over there. Well, it was. Now it's kind of gone a bit Brewdog massive yeah, sort of massiveness, yeah. which is cool if it tastes good and. Um, he would did. Uh, he goes on my round, first round, you know. And there's seven of us there, and he bought seven pints, and it came to I think it was fifty five quid. Yeah. <laughs> and like, he, I think he handed over seventy dollars, which was like, or seventy eight dollars, which was fifty five quid at the time. Yeah. yeah and yeah. he was just like, have I, have I been? He was like, have I been ripped off? He was trying to be polite. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. ask me, I've just paid fifty five quid for five for seven pints. <laughs> Bear in mind, he goes to a British Legion where it's probably one pound seventy eight for a pint. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I have to say, like, no is, yeah, I mean, it is is unfortunately expensive. I think to, yeah. to drink this stuff, and it's like, in some ways, like from a business perspective, I can see it's like it's a bit clever how they've done it. Yeah. Because they've kind of just it's just totally the way that they've marketed it and yeah. presented it and everything, and it's just like, but man, it is annoying and. But actually, part of that thing is like that I grew up drinking two dollar pints two dollar pitchers so my my favorite (laughs) drink was your sort of bread and butter drink (laughs) 
Well, and, and so, that, yeah. you know, it's like, and even even when we were at school there, and when we used to go to the Bay Area to see a show or something, we'd just be like appalled at how ridiculously expensive a pint of pale ale was in San Francisco, uh-huh. you know. But um, but even then, it was still probably only five dollars, yeah. which was you know. Um, but yeah, man, they've they've really nailed the whole. Uh, yeah, the microbrewery thing is awesome. Of, yeah. Well, that and now in the states, and it's it's you know probably starting to come over here, but it's like they've got this whole like elusive beer thing where there's these beers that have these incredibly high ratings, but you can only get them from the brewery, and the brewery's in some crazy remote place and some crazy. Yeah. You know, it's like you got to drive two days to get to it, and it's like, but people do it, and there's lines out the door, and and uh, it's like, and actually the beer is amazing. You know, there's like something to, but they've kind of they've really kind of got that whole marketing. You know, elusive yeah, thing, good, and, yeah. you know, supply and demand. It's a niche, I guess it is, you know, the niche like, market, isn't it? It's people yeah. who like something a little bit more, like quality over quantity, possibly. Yeah. You know, and, and when it when it first came over here, this whole kind of craft brew thing. When I first started seeing Sierra Nevadas in the, in the big Sainsburys and stuff, I was like, oh, this is great, and I was like paying more for one bottle than I would have paid for a six pack and then he's like but I was like if I buy it now then it'll drive the price down you know, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. but it's like now even when you go back to the states that shit's expensive and it's yeah. crazy mm-hmm. yeah, well like, like I remember buying the tallies whatever you call them in this country tall bottles of IPA the punk IPA yeah in Australia I think I was paying like $12 a bottle <gasps> over there, like back when they first what's, what's that real money I don't know currently, but what's, what's the Australian dollar at the minute? It's probably uh, like eight or nine pounds. Wow. Probably. Yeah. But it yeah, was, similar but it was, kind of thing, yeah. But it was better than, you know, like a carton draft or Victoria Bitter, which is the standards over there. And it's like, you know, I just you just need a bit of something different sometimes. Well, that's you know? what I used to be able to, like, I was, you know, because I moved over here and, and everything. And it used to be like, you know, if I if I splashed out a bit on three bottles of pale ale, they'd probably cost twenty quid or something. Yeah, that's, it, like, that's, it. that's just a bit of home, you know, you can justify it for that, but it's like yeah, now but that it has gone down actually to be fair, because it's like that that stuff, the the brew dog punk IPA and the pale ale and some of the there's another good California brewery, the Lagunitas is the you oh, yeah, see yeah. that over here. Yeah, and that's nice, like yeah. they make a good beer and that stuff is kind of becoming a little bit more of the standard brew stuff and and it's not as expensive or you can get it sort of three for five or something like that. Yeah. And like, but man, that Beaver Town stuff is expensive. Beaver Town, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's that's, like, that's only in London. That's not even... No, you can get it at Waitrose, but yeah. it's... You're going you're gonna to... No, it's good stuff. It's, they, it's do they do three quid a can or something. Is that the same boys who do neck oil? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, good. yeah, we have it in um, Byron Bergen. Do you remember? Before yeah, we have yeah, the gig, yeah, we all have one of those. Like, in there. Yeah. They've got the, um, they've got the gamma ray on I tap gamma at ray. Uh, the brew house and kitchen. It's always on tap there. Oh, the gamma wow. ray. Yeah. Uh, Do you know what? That's random. Really I flew to Cyprus. Uh, I can't even remember. That is random. It's random. No, no, but <laughs> just change the subject. <laughs> change the subject completely. But I flew to Cyprus and. Asked for a beer on the plane, and that's what they gave me. A beaver town gamma. They gave me a gamma. I couldn't well, believe I'll, it. I, I, I was like, I'll go on that flight. I was like, yeah, <laughs> and it was not a fancy dancer flight or anything. It was just a sort of standard sort of up and down sort of airplane <laughs> go, but it, yeah. I couldn't believe it. I was like, bloody hell, pushing the boat out. Yeah, well, it's nice. That, it does turn up. I mean, I, I love when I got that, that growler bottle. I was like, I was doing a couple of days. Um, I was very. Uh, 
fortunate to spend like a good year playing with uh, this saxophone player Gilad Atzman and uh, we did all kinds of all kinds of pretty cool gigs well I mean every gig that I did with him was cool in some way but um, we played all these kind of as they call them like provincial jazz clubs where you know it's like and then but then we played all of the the cool London venues you know did did the 606 with him a few times and the hideaway Ronnie Scott's and and um this this particular time it was the vortex he was doing two nights of the vortex and he asked me to play and um and it was like great I got a little cheap little airbnb around there and it's like you're just doing the gigs there's no rehearsals or nothing it's all just you know by this point i'm sort of we were kind of in the in the mode and you know and um so i was like i'd kind of done a little research and it was like up up in that north part it's like the to get up to tottenham hale Mm. it was pretty easy and it was um the gigs were friday and saturday and that tap room's only open on the saturday so it was like great so i Traveled up on the Friday, got in my Airbnb, went and did the gig, and and then on the Saturday afternoon, I just went up and and checked out the brewery, and it was just amazing. It was, I mean, it was it wasn't amazing in like like going to see like you know something amazing. Marillion. <laughs> wasn't it as, was, was it as amazing as Marillion? Well, uh, it, was, it was as amazing as going to a warehouse where they produce <laughs> really nice beer. No, that's, like, that's fair. They had like a food truck outside and they had all these like kind of like exclusive things on tap and like all of the the fridge the cans in the fridge were super cheap and it's like and so I just like kind of splurged out and yeah. got a bunch of bunch of beers and i got this this growler full of stuff and 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 it was just a cool just a cool sort of experience and i wasn't actually really drinking when i was there because i had the gig that night and it's like i'm not like a teetotaler before a gig but i'm also not gonna like turn up to it especially like an important gig like yeah, yeah, yeah. having had like four or five pints on <laughs> it was like i had a couple of halves or something and then you know got all the and it was a, just a really cool thing to kind of go visit and i got that that growler which i still use to fill up at different places and um yeah it's a really cool place and a uh, cool brewery yeah and they make some great beer. you should go to the brew dog one uh, up in uh i've been scotland you've yeah. been you've been i've seen, I've seen Aber- the photos aberdeenshire has quickly become one of my favorite places it is amazing <laughs> around there it is amazing around there. Yeah, you had a cracker of a weekend was it a weekend yeah yeah me yeah, kelly, yeah, kelly yeah. and i went you can fly. We flew there from um, from London. It's like an hour and a half, and then you hire, hire a car. It's a half hour drive. So yeah. like we left here at six in the morning. We were in Brewdog by half past eleven. That's brilliant. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, well, you, you, literally, they opened they <laughs> half eleven in the morning, yeah. smashing, smashing them down. Well, you're, yeah, yeah, well, you, well, you're only there once. Aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> this is no, five no. o'clock somewhere. That's, that's what it's, yeah. <laughs> it's. I love it though. You've got, I love the, the brew houses, whatever, because there's um, little creatures. The one, the Australian version of Brewdog. I'm going to say, they have um, they have one in Melbourne where they make some beers, and most of it's made on the West Coast. But um, in Melbourne, it's great. It's like, we call it the Eat House, whatever it's called. And um, they have, on a, a random evening, it's called Brewer's Shout. And the brewer is trying to do something new. So he brings in three to five kegs, and it's free. And you just, you just randomly sat there, bang, and you bring in five kegs, and it's free beer for the rest of the night, as long as you're tasting that stuff, obviously. You know what yeah. I mean? Right. It's a, it's you, just, yeah. uh... It was crazy. That's crazy, <laughs> but um, 
Well, he's got more beer out. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I can see how, I can see how this podcast is going. It's empty. <laughs> I'm, still, I'm, I'm sipping on my nanny's day. I'm happy. Which one's this then? This is the same one. Yeah. Yeah. Once you open it, you can't really. These things are kind of like. You, once you crack them, you kind of got to get get rid of it. I mean, it <laughs> doesn't have to be. It doesn't already drank in the same day necessarily but you don't want to like let that go on for a couple of days because right. it's like it's just a it's just a bottle of carbonated it's, just, well, it's, it's like a coke it's like a bottle of it's coke common, cur- <laughs> yeah. common common courtesy just to, <laughs> just to empty it isn't it we'll leave it over here so I don't have to travel as far <laughs> but nice no, it's, it's a it's a it's a music and oh man music beer and substances are entwined sadly well or, we've or always greatly. been uh, I mean my yeah. wife and I are um, we've over the years and we sort of sometimes now now that we have a couple of kids and we kind of are feeling sort of properly slightly reluctantly but properly kind of settled down we sort of yeah. often think back to our, our sort of adventures and one way or another we've been on a, a, a fair amount of like alcohol tours yeah, of, yeah. you know and, and we're not we're not booze hounds or anything i mean but um you know it's like we we met on the ships and we'd been on a couple of these like we went on a couple of like argentinian wine tours it's like when you're on the ship yeah. it's like you're just kind of trying to find stuff to do and especially like the problem was sometimes being on a cruise is that you go to the same places all the time for like if you're on a when, certain are you, route are you holidaying on a cruise no, or are you, no, are no, you working we're, we're on a cruise working, you're working yeah, yeah. yeah so musically or yeah when i when i left university in 2002 i took a job on the cruise ship uh just to kind of like well partly to kind of get a job and Partly to kind of prove to my parents that like my music degree was worthwhile. And, uh, <laughs> not that they really were like you know like you know. But um, was, was there any pressure there from your parents? No, 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 I, no don't, cool. I don't think so. I mean, they want there was no. no uh, my, my parents have never really applied applied any pressure for for much really. They're not they're not really that way. But it was just. Yeah, it was, I, mean, I guess it was more for me to just say that like. That you would know, be, we're uh, gonna do, we're yeah. gonna do this, you know, and like, and I'm just and singing out alien. I've got a job. Musical pressure from yeah. a, from a parent would be, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, like, yeah, it's, it'd be, it's a complete no, alien, it alien was, concept it was, for me. You, you know, know like they were always kind of, you know, well, there's, you know, very supportive, but you know, my dad especially was always a little bit reluctant of me being a musician because it's a hard thing, as we all know. It's it's not it's not an easy thing. There's there's some great joys and there's some quite difficult things and I think I've been really lucky but um so anyway yeah I went on the ship right out of school I think I graduated in in June and I went on the ship in October or something and 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 I hated it instantly (laughs) I hated everything about it I just like I I'm not like and this is where like now it's it's quite funny because my wife and I now have these like little well, she get not. We don't have arguments, but she gets she gets annoyed with me when when somebody asks like asked how we met, and the ship thing comes up, and oh, I start oh. going, oh, I fucking hated it. I hated every second of it. I hated every. <laughs> and she's like sitting well, over yeah, here yeah. going, like, well, well actually, you know, I was I was there with you. <laughs> I wish I never went. Yeah, <laughs> but um, nothing good I, came I, of that. I, 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 <laughs> 
I, I did like musically. That's the way I should, should justify it. Is like, because I actually like ex- in experience wise, and I'm I'm very very lucky and grateful to have met my wife on the ships, and it's like it's been an amazing thing, and that's what brought me to to Great Britain, and and we've got two amazing, you know, blah blah blah, all that stuff. Yeah, very, yeah. you know, it's no, like that's cool. Um, but um, and I can I can very much see why she gets annoyed when I like am so damning about the ships because that was like our very much our origins, and we actually had some really great times, really unique and special times on the ships that were like totally social. And like, for for example, like when I got the job on the ship, which was this is like I found out I got this job in like around about September or something, and I was talking to my to my grandmother, who I was I was sort of staying with for a little while before, and 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 we had this really surreal conversation about how I got a job on a cruise ship in South America. And she was like, "Oh yeah, I'm I'm going on a cruise in South America," and it was like, and then and then it's like, obviously, you know, you can see where this is going. It's like it happened to be that, like, like just completely randomly that the the ship that I had got assigned to was the same ship that my grandmother was like going on, like a post New Year's cruise. Like, so they were coming from like the third of January for two weeks, and I was boarding at like the beginning of October, and it was like just this kind of like crazy it was like one of the well it's like weirdly one of the things that like kind of kept me hanging on because it was like i could kind of see why did you hate it so much it's just that that goes back to the like musically it was really really unfulfilling and this is where in in what respect in in respects where you had to you were playing what was put in front of you chart wise no it's it's sort of not that it it was just like Maybe maybe it was just a little bit too much of a dive for the deep end, into the deep end for me, where it was like, you know, I I would always just been playing, I'd always been taking the gigs and knowing what to expect and play, and you know, and I always say, even to this day, it's like you do some great gigs, some amazing gigs that you'll say, I'll happily do that gig for no money, and then other gigs where you think, eh, it's going to cost you three hundred, <laughs> you know, sort of thing, yeah, and and you know, something like something like that, and it's like, but that's fine, you know what you're going to get, but then the 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 other thing is, is that you, even if you do a really crappy gig or a run of really crappy gigs you always know that you can like when you got a day off you can do your own gig or you yeah, can go to okay. a jammer it's like and it's like the ship was so confining and it was just like such a variety of just like like the ship shows that were like there was singers and dancers and it was like you know kind of this like really hack vegas kind of thing like we played all to track, like all the drums, every single thing that I hit, which was, you know, written, all written out, every single thing was on a track as well. Oh, right, so you're doubling. Like, sort of oh, like, doubling the track. Yeah, so I was like, well, why, you know, and I had, you know, because I'm a little bit ornery when it comes to these. It's like, well, what am I doing? Why yeah, am I here? Exactly, it's like, well, yeah. we can't, we can't, you know, like, you know, it's like, and then it just like, so from you, there. You, st- you weren't. Miming, you're still playing. No, you're still, you're still out. playing. It's like but they it was... they mix the acoustic oh, sound, and that's, that's like, and, and the track obviously has like, 
tons of extra shit on it so there's there's tons of percussion <laughs> and strings and yeah. sh- we were a six-piece band there was like trumpet trombone saxophone piano bass and drums and you're playing this broadway kind of <laughs> shit yeah. with it you know it's like so that was like the first thing and then it's like and then you back up all these these guest entertainers as they called and they're all fucking assholes because they're all like that i mean some of them were that, that that's unfair like i there that's not true <laughs> that's not true at all and, and, and can, i'm not can, just saying that i can sense you the, boiling the, as you're talking the, about the ship this is where like now i'm going to get myself into a little bit of trouble when because actually um because sam my wife was um, she was a guest entertainer, and that's how um, we met. But, oh, right. But she, um, there was like, it is like genuinely completely unfair to me for me to say that they were all assholes because that's not not the case. There was like, I'd say twenty percent of them like really switched on, really knew what they were doing, and like all of us who have encountered different kinds of musicians, like it was like, okay, I can work with this person, it's yeah. cool, we're gonna do this, but there was like a huge proportion of them who were like the you know, basically there's like a couple of thousand people on a ship, more now the ships are bigger and oh, it's, it's like once now, they play it? their show, they're like a celebrity oh. on the ship and they would go from ship to ship to ship and it's like they they never they couldn't get a gig on land mm. or anything, but it's like in that ship world they were celebrities and they very much presented themselves in that way and that was not endearing and it was not musically good it was not personally good and it was just fucking annoying to be honest so it's like you had these like violin players and these crooners and things who just thought they were the fucking god's (laughs) gift to and it was annoying to play with them because a they were only just average and they would obviously come with these like makeshift charts and stuff like that and it was just it was just a slog musically it was a slog there was no real reward ever there was no like do your crap gig and then go out after and meet up with your friends and have a jam session or even you know yeah Yeah. and that that was like you know and so it was like you would meet and it was really when it happened it was really refreshing but it's like you know so sam my wife she had a, a really really unique interesting show it was all she's a classical pianist and it was all centered around piano like popular classical things mixed with movie thing themes and a bit of a, you know a bit of jazzy stuff in there but all quite scripted but it was a really unique show but more importantly she presented herself in a way to the musicians where it was like we're working together here yeah, yeah, yeah. we need to you know she was a she wasn't pretentious in that way she was another another one of us another musician who just wanted the show to go good and she talked to us in musical terms and wasn't condescending and so it was like and there was a few people like that that you would and that was they were a pleasure to work with and and it was great you know but like that by and large you just got these like like small pond celebrity kind of things (laughs) and it was fucking it was just hard work and and that and like I said, it's like we all do those gigs on land all the time. But you have a you know you can do something else, and it was like completely cooped up on the ship, and and yeah, just a, a weird experience of of musically. It was a very weird experience. I found it. You yeah. Know. What's uh, you've done it? Mm-hmm. 
Um, similar experience? Or yeah, very much. We, we called them fly-ons. So. Did you call them fly-ons? That's what we called them. Because mm. then we met them in Acapulco or somewhere. Yeah. They flew in and they got on the ship and then they yeah. did their one night and then they got off the ship and the next port and then... Yeah. 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 Well, I think, I, I think looking back, I probably... Because my first cruise was in South America and so it was like, because it's a little bit remote and, and a little bit less let's say maybe developed or something there was no really flying in and flying out like you can do in the caribbean and, uh, and that mm. sort of so it's like when you're that close like if i and i still say to this day that it would have probably changed my life like if i was doing a cruise in like alaska i would have gotten off after a month way before i like met my wife or or you know hooked up with my grandmother or anything i would just i wouldn't have stayed there yeah. because it was just like i'm i'm very happy to get stuck in musically and to do to play songs that aren't my favorite songs and to kind of toe the line and do the thing but this was just like too much it was just day after day of uh, just you know it, it was it was hard work and you know like so like i said it was it was a total musical thing that had just a sliver of sunlight when when you know somebody would come up that was reasonable and that yeah, was cool yeah. another you know another interesting experience is that we uh, for for only two weeks and th this was the other thing is like you would get these certain entertainers on for months you'd have their show twice a week wow. for like three months and it was like man if they were an asshole but one time for like I think it was like four weeks or maybe even less. It's like Cecil Welch. I still remember his name. It was like, I can't really find much in, but he was a trumpet player, one of Henry Mancini's trumpet players. And he played on all of the, like a lot of those old movie scores. And, and he was just a lovely guy. And he was an amazing player. And he played out all these like original Mancini charts and we did some, and it was just an amazing experience. And that was one of the, those two or three, like really special musical experiences I had, despite all of the, that was one of them, like playing with that guy and like, and just, he was just a great guy, great arrangements, obviously great tunes yeah. and stuff. And then, and the other one was going to, to Brazil. And this was like a completely off the ship thing. It was like, uh, we met this, this was when I'd, I'd met Sam at this point and we were hanging out a lot together and going around and, and we, we went to Brazil and we had these two like long weekends in Rio de Janeiro and we met this cab driver and kind of like gave him a bunch of money and said, can you just look after us for the weekend? Mm -hmm. kind of thing? And, yeah. and he did, you know, and he was like, he was there outside the ship every day and like, and, but he took us to this little like club little bossa nova club at one point where there was like actuals, like something you would only see in a movie, like, actual like brazilian musicians playing joe beam tunes and mm. shit and there's like there was a i'll never forget it, it was there was like a woman there singing joe beam tunes in english like really kind of badly but like in a you know it was like she was like <laughs> she sang them beautifully in portuguese but then would like 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 Hack british or american yeah, people yeah. do like like sort of suffer through the the Portuguese over here. Like she was kind of suffering through the English, and they let me sit in and stuff. And they were really, and it was an amazing like musical kind of experience to to kind of go be involved with that and like in Rio and playing like bossa music and and with those like and and so it was like there was a very few 
you know, sort of really, that's kind of like, even internally, I'm a little bit torn about the, the whole ship thing, because like, I, you know, I just hated 80% of it. It just <laughs> didn't suit me, the whole situation, but I did have some very, very life-changing experiences that's there. And, and That's um, a tough one, isn't it? It's but, like taking, <laughs> taking the good with the bad and the bad is, with the know, good. It's and just like, I wouldn't be What's here. the ratio? And, we yeah. wouldn't be talking right now if I didn't, if I hadn't been on that ship. <laughs> and, and, you know, I really faithfully believe a lot of, uh, a lot of my life now has, has been determined because of that. But I just, you know, just didn't get on with it that well you know generally, <laughs> but hey it's a crazy crazy thing so we've been going for nearly an hour and a half wow we're trying to keep these to an hour and a half <laughs> no, wait, i think we talked about 15 yeah. 50 minutes we haven't that's talked been about beer. anything musically we talked about beer we, talked about beer. <laughs> we haven't played any of your stuff yet you sent me a whole list no actually yeah, like, yeah yeah i want to i want to play some of your you've stuff you've mentioned what have you mentioned so far like uh the Baker Brothers. Yes. Got, Let's get some of them because I think it's got to be Baker Brothers, isn't it? It's just, I'm curious as. Um, right, but Ted, you're gonna have, you're gonna have to help me out here because what am I gonna what am I gonna put on? Well, I don't know. I mean, do we want sort of early, middle, or late uh, in terms St- of my stuff tenure? with stuff with good drawings? Well, I'd like to think that it's all got good. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh man, I don't know. Um. Well, uh, so, you, so you sent me like a, a Spotify playlist. Yeah, so have a look at that. I guess that's where we. Uh, All right. But what's what's your big hit? Well, what's the one with the most listens? I I don't even know what what that might be, but let's let let's uh, in the in the mood that uh, seeing that um, seeing that Spotify list. Let's um, what pops out. I love this tune big guns and there's a there's a little bit of a of an interesting story behind it um so chris pedley who's a, an amazing musician who's the the leader really in the and the the driving force behind the baker brothers he was like the baker brothers used to be two brothers and chris one of rich baker brilliant drummer and singer and Dan Baker, an amazing multi-instrumentalist singer, all sorts. And then Chris Pedley, they all played all sorts of stuff. And so, but it was kind of like Chris played the bass, Dan played keys and guitar, Rich played drums. They all sang, but really Chris plays bass and guitar. Dan plays guitar and keys and bass and violin. And, and, and Rich is actually a good bassist it, they're all sort of super like really good all-arounders and they kind of started as this little kind of brilliant quirky trio and then kind of over the years expanded into a kind of a a soul outfit sort of thing and um anyway so chris pedley like um got it separate from the baker brothers got commissioned to write the music for the trailer for Django Unchained, the Quentin oh, wow. Tarantino movie. Wow, that's yeah. a big film. Yeah, so they um, and that like part of their as I as I understand it, part of their remit was to like kind of work in some James Brown, like a little bit of a sample of a James Brown uh, thing, and so they wrote this this little tune. Him and a business partner of his, this guy Kieran Garrett, who's actually produced. On some of our stuff, and is a is a brilliant producer and and just 
guy musician sort of all around kind of cool thing and um anyway so they did this tune it was like a 30 second thing and it was kind of like he used a sample one of the baker brothers sample packs which is another sort of thing that was like before my time so it was one of rich's really cool drum sample and then he kind of he could they kind of wrote this like slightly westerny sort of like tune funky western kind of tune thing and then he kind of chris got the other guys like scott plays some trumpet on it paul plays some sax jeff plays some guitar and 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 then they they did a little instrumental track for for the trailer that is part of the trailer if you look up the trailer on youtube that's that's what it is i can um and then he wanted to make it into a full-length tune, which he did. Jeff's that wrote, they wrote whole lyrics to the whole thing, and it was like, and it was a great tune, and I always loved it. But there was a little part of me where it was like, it's got that drum sound. Yeah, it's not me not playing me. drums on it. That went on to the, but it was I so so cool. It went on to the to our second album. It was a really cool little thing, and um. And then this version is is the so then we we played it live all the time. It was one of our our like favorite tunes to play live and then in the last live album we did which was just in 2017 it um it was on there and and that so it was like finally a kind of a, a version with me playing the drums on it mm. and it's just like it's just a great tune chris is a great songwriter and and you know it's just a really kind of i love all like i come from northern california as we've said so it's like there's a lot of i played a lot of country music and that whole like being in the west and the whole yeah, cowboy yeah. kind of slight gangstery sort of like <laughs> rogue thing and it's like this tune just has everything in it and it's it's a cool tune and uh, and it was a great i mean jeff's a great singer there's some great vibes on it so uh, i love i love this okay so this is from What's it called? Our, this is called big guns it's from our our very most recent live album which is just called baker brothers live uh where was it recorded it was recorded at the 1865 oh and uh yeah so you got jeff lie on on the vocals and guitar scott bayless plays keyboards and trumpets paul young on the saxophone myself on drums and chris pedley on the bass and we had um Vanessa Freeman was our our featured vocalist for this uh, for this set, um, and but she I don't think she sings on this one, but um, yeah, okay, here, we go. Here, here we go, drag it.
That is now. That is exactly that's like funky shit. That's yeah. <laughs> now. That's that's my uh, that's my. I'm working in London tomorrow, so that's uh, that's exactly what I'm going to be listening to on the way there. <laughs> I mean, I have to say, like, I you know, it's not the you know. There's a few tunes that I, I'm maybe more connected to, or maybe had more of a involved drum parts. I mean, over the years, I've been I've been very fortunate to be a member of the baker brothers since 2011 and over the years it's the, we there's just been some really great music that we've made and and all kind of i feel like all kind of areas where it's like some sort of technically tricky stuff some really funky stuff some bluesy stuff so you yeah. know everybody's like has a different different little bit of a different background and um and there's a lot of stuff I'm really, really proud of from that band. Well, I mean, I, I genuinely say I'm proud of everything, but there's a lot, you know. But that's just such a fun. Yeah, that's what I was about to, to say. Is, is it all? Like, as, is it know, all upbeat and fun? Well, like it's that? Just, it's just you know, it's just gritty, great. and I love that. You know, there's uh, Chris. They they both. They everybody has such a unique way of presenting them themselves and their music, and you know, it's like there's you know. There's a line in there. It's like I'm a long-tailed cat in a room full of rocking chairs. It's just some cool stuff, like you know. No, we just love playing that. That's one of, over the years. It's like where we've had, as bands do, you know, you have different albums and yeah. your set changes and according to that, and that's that's kind of been a staple, and it's great fun. We we just love it's love playing fun. it. You know, a smash out. Yeah, I like mm. that. Not that a lot. So yeah, you can check it out on the one of the Django Unchained, and actually it was a, it was a bit of a you know kind of a, I think they got sort of, not not in a, in a negative way. I don't think that there was anything you know, but um, there was they did their little bit for the for the trailer, and that was their remit kind of thing, and then. Chris was trying, they were trying to pitch for the whole tune to be on the, like they, we, they did this, there's an album version of this on 
Hear No Evil, which was a couple of albums before this. We called our album Hear No Evil. We did, yeah. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> I think you did it first. It's a yeah. good name. It's a good name. <laughs> um, and they were trying to, you know, but the but the the powers that be took the trailer bit, which they owned, you know, or whatever, and and put a Tupac rap over it. So there's like a Tupac and mm-hmm. James <laughs> Brown on the actual soundtrack. There's like kind of that, there's parts of that thing with Tupac and, you know, post-modem Tupac and and James Brown and that kind of sound bed and and that's what they went for. And then, um, but then they also wouldn't like, apparently James Brown's like a state won't let you use anything if even if you use a little snippet so oh, like wow. we we had to change a few bits to be able to make it our own for our own album sort of thing yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah. but um yeah what a tune i mean that's great it's, the, it's, horn, it's, it's, the horns crank up and that's just a great it's just an instant smile good great feeling <laughs> yeah I've never, I've never been lucky enough playing a band with a horn section on stage and you know, it just must be something else well i mean it? this this i have to say that this horn section is is really i mean paul young who's a who's a local saxophone player and and i mean he is just a force of nature that's the only thing I mean, he's the he's the i i I went to see him. The I've I've worked with Paul a lot over the years and a lot of different things. Paul's been to America with me. He's one of like Paul's the the godfather to my son. He's a, he's one of the first musicians I met, and he's just a an amazing person. Just it's just a really cool cool guy. And um, we've worked together in so many different situations, from being on really crappy pub gigs to being on lucrative but crappy functions to being on tour in Italy with the Baker Brothers to being on tour in Japan with the Baker Brothers he's been to California with me playing and and um and he is just uh, I I I went to see him the other week actually just about 2 weeks ago I had a little bit of a of a kind of a, a night off sort of thing and he was like I was like I I phoned him I was like what are you what are you up to you want to come around for a beer and just hang out. I haven't seen you for a while. He's like, oh, I've got a gig. Of course, it was a beer. Yeah. Well, yeah. He was like, I've got a gig at the Platform Tavern with some guys. It's just oh, yeah, a little yeah, bit yeah. of a. And I was like, oh, I'll come down. You know, I was like, and um, and I was just watching them play. And it was a good band. It was a good band. And I was just like, it, it just hit me like a ton of bricks after knowing this guy for about twenty years. It's like you're just always. He's just always the best guy in every band that he's in <laughs> he's one of those guys it's like he's the best soloist in every band that he, that he's in no no matter what like that that's kind of the thing he's just like um so yeah him and scott bayless is is our trumpet player he plays keys as well and it's like it's only two of them mm. and it's just you know they they're it's it's amazing yeah they're they're mm. they're it's, full yeah. on <laughs> it's like the whole volume it's the volume thing i always remember God, I mentioned the Cat Empire again, but they come out and they do this thing, and uh, it's like a um, Latin bull fight sort of. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the sheer volume of the horn is like when you're right in front of the stage, yeah, yeah. almost in front of the PA, it's still like, wow. Well, it, yeah. And it's just awesome. Just it's funny awesome. you say that. We have, a, we have a tune that we do called The Mexican, All right. which is an. Uh, it's, I think it's originally by a, a obscure band called Babe Ruth, but it's a it's it's based it's a funk tune that's based on a Marconi 
line and it's that it starts yeah. off with that bullfight yeah, kind yeah, of yeah, thing yeah, and it's yeah. just like man that is the that's, that's, that's like it's the uh, like you know that's that's that it brings the house down that's the <laughs> rolling in the deep of our uh, <laughs> of our shows you know it's, it's, sort of, uh, it, it's crazy yeah. yeah it's great it's great <laughs> well th- thank you very much for coming well uh, thank you for, for the beer me. thank <laughs> you for the beer anytime <laughs> yeah not that I'm gutted or anything no. <laughs> next time say, next time down the line <laughs> yeah don't uh, be getting yourself we're doing your house next time <laughs> no no it's good to have a break from now every now and again isn't it it's, it's, it's from, good for the waistline months, it's good for, yeah that's it yeah I'm feeling that yeah I just I just um you know, if, you, if I can't have a beer, I'll have a half a Madeira cake. Right. So hey, well, hey. maybe it's not so good. <laughs> so for the yeah, something to be said for that. <laughs> yeah, that so was awesome. That was in awesome. A, in an intro song, what were you playing? What was that? Well, this is um, without sort of trying to go through um, another little wormhole, but uh, one of the really unique, uh, brilliant experiences I've had as playing with the Baker Brothers is that we we made a couple of loop packs um so there's i think the stems from your songs no 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 we went in specifically to a studio and recorded just just pissed around essentially to a click track um and they've so there's actually four baker brothers volumes of loop packs the first two was before my time and the second two were 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 when i was in the band and then actually the the same kind of guys it was this guy Kieran Bailey actually who helped us work on the big guns thing and did the the Quentin Tarantino thing with Chris and um and he he asked I've done a just a drum one that's called Revenge of the Funky Drummer so there's like two Baker Brothers loop packs that I'm on and a, and this Revenge of the Funky Drummer but so anyway I I started getting these it's a it's a, a a pretty good little thing and you get a little statement every quarter of your yeah, earnings yeah, yeah. from it and I started getting this there was a, and it usually would just say loop pack 1 loop pack 2 Revenge of the Funky Drummer what you earn from each one and then about a year and a half ago there was like another line that was something I didn't understand, and it, but it had money in it. It was like, it was like you know, yeah. and I sort of. So I called Kieran. I was like, "What's what's this? You know, what is this?" And he and he said about this this Launchpad. So there's this like this app called Launchpad that you can get, um, like, sort of layouts for or something, and somebody who had made a like an, a retro funk layout or like a, I think this one's called a funk hop. You know, so it's like we've always had that like retro funk kind of slightly hip hoppy kind of whatever. You know, it's like, Ooh, we, yeah. and uh, so whoever you know, people like kind of make these little layouts, and somebody had used a couple of our samples ah, in cool. them, and that's what that's what kind of prompted me to kind of use this. Was it's like there's a couple of the there's a couple of the bass. So so in these sample packs, I think generally they have three or four tempos yeah and there's tons of bass riffs and it's labeled with the what key it's in and they all have a name and we always say it's like when we're editing these things down the hardest part of it is giving every sample a name Name. (laughs) you know so you know like but so um yeah to be like 100 beats a minute and there's 20 bass loops yeah what and and Five of them will be in C, five of them will be in B and 
B flat and and a bunch of them B and G and, and whatever it whatever it is yeah. you know and and like and then there's keys loops there's sax loops there's trumpet loops there's uh. so it's like you could like it's kind of like it's it's sort of funny because whenever we've done these things the guy Kieran he has to make like a promo for the pack and it's like shit he's like all this shit that we just played randomly and it's like he's pieced together he's and like gotta, made like a song yeah, and a yeah, video yeah, yeah. it's like there's the, the one for that I'm still like kind of like the one that he did for the funky drummer is like it's pretty mad you know it's like and he used other because the one that I did the funky drummer one was just drums yeah. so he used all these other loop packs to kind of to make the demo and it was like some of it was like almost like like edm or something uh, or, and some of it was funky some of it was the baker brothers loops that he used to and, and it was just it's just mad the, the way that the, what you can potentially do with these things and you know it's, it's like it's these things if it's you instant, don't you instant know. access for, well it sort of is but it's yeah. like you still gotta like it's you still got like you still gotta do something with yeah. it but it does provide like if you're somebody who's got loads of ideas but just can't play a drum beat yeah. you know and and actually the the idea that he had with the funky drummer thing that I that I did was that we did the same loops on three different drum kits so I had like a big drum kit which is like a I say big it's not that big but it's like a 22 inch bass drum and a kind of full on and then we had a medium like a 20 inch bass drum with the yeah. smaller toms and then we had like a proper like a like a little quest love like, like a 16 inch cocktail kit, kit whatever. you know yeah, yeah. so it was like and he was like sometimes the, the the problems that that people have with these is that they like a beat but they don't like the the sound of it yeah. you know sort of thing so it was like but yeah, so so that's that's where this this opening jam came from. That um, <laughs> it was because I got this. I, after I saw that thing on my like statement, I was like, interesting. So I went and instantly downloaded the app and bought my own <laughs> thing. <laughs> you know, like a, I just went just went out and paid myself. Like, <laughs> and then it's like, and then like as it goes again, it's like all this modern like electronic stuff. They never never want the real drums so it's like so everything on here it, it is brilliant actually but everything on here is all programmed drums but with like loads of chris's bass loops and jeff's guitar <laughs> loops and like some horn loops or whatever it is and uh, you know but it still sounds pretty good so it's like you can press as long as you press it in time you click these squares and whenever you click them it waits four beats and then comes in yeah, <laughs> sort of thing yeah, yeah. so it's like it's pretty bad actually yeah. because you could like we were saying before it's like you could, and then there's all kinds of ways you can manipulate it uh, by making that those DJ sounds or these crash sounds the stuttering and sound and all that and so that. that's what yeah I thought like uh, that was my instrument that I brought was the, the launch pad of, <laughs> give us another loop come yeah. on fire right, so I'm gonna, up, I'm, gonna, yeah. I'm gonna go straight in with what I think uh, I think I think that wasn't. Uh, I'll, I'll put it on the mic. I'm gonna go straight okay, in with what I think is Chris's bass loop and see if that that goes in. Here we go. Yeah, oh. yeah that says that's that's definitely. That's the sound effect right there. We're bringing a program drum loop. One, two, three, four. bit sparse so it's a, it's a bit of a lottery here oh, so I, I, like, I like the randomness oh. of it the chaos 
think we can find a Jeff. There's a Jeff one on here. Let me see if I can press the right one. One, two, three, four. Oh, Scott, that's Scott. That's a, that's a key. Another keys, that's another one of the keys loops. Yeah. <laughs> Where's the guitar one? Let me see. <laughs> Love it. You just. There he is, there he is. <laughs> Have you just pushed them all? You just well, pushed them all. It's just like, you know, it's like a Jenga kind of thing, but it's like... That's great. Like, like we great. were saying before, it's like on the train. This yeah, is great. Yeah. Set, of, set of headphones on that. You feel like uh, David Guetta. Two hour, yeah, two hours is gone. <laughs> Your eyes are closed. There's 40,000 people in front of you. Oh, yeah. All right, so... Magic. It's time for our outro song. Oh, lordy. So what we you what, kind, what kind of vibe do you want? What have you got? What have we got? What should we sing? Are you, are you gonna are you gonna sing? No. We've got some. Should we have some hip hop vocal? Yeah, we can try that. You got some? Bring the fire, light the match Burn the roof down, no tricks, no catch Please check the sound, profound energetic Just leave it to the professional dance floor, athletic uh, Loud and proud Rhyme, rhyme <laughs> You can do like, go on oh, That was nice I wish we had a webcam on this bit. <laughs> the, smile, the smile on his face is priceless. <laughs> you do this, all this stuff to you, like. Oh! Face. Oh, there's Jeff. There's Jeff. Nice that's, lick. Un, that's, that's unmistakable. Oh, that's so slick. That's a nice lick. It's so slick. That's a nice lick. I'm trying to be um, a rapper, but it's not working. <laughs> Oh, it's gone all bit, bit trancy now, I like that. <laughs> okay, take it home, take it home with some big drums. Perfect.